Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and thanks for tuning in. I am that nerd dad, Joel Williamson. It is interview day. Uh, we got a good one for you. It's Steve Patterson. Comedian, host of the debaters on CBC, uh, author, all around good guy. Uh, really, really fun conversation. You're in for a treat. Uh, two things off the top. One, I uh, I've been doing this a while now, going on year and a half. This is episode seventy six, seventy seven, something like that. Uh, and today I fanboyed fairly hard uh, and forgot to turn on my fancy mic so i did the whole fucking interview using nothing but the mic from my laptop uh <laughs> could have kicked myself in the head after i listened to the playback uh look he sounds great i sound uh, a little less than stellar so uh it happens you know rookie mistake uh i would have preferred it not happen with someone that I admire and like, uh, but it is what it is. doesn't change the fact that the conversation is a lot of fun, and I promise you, you will laugh. Uh, he tells some very solid anecdotes. Uh, that's enough hyping it up. You're, gonna, you're here for a reason. You're here to listen to it. So all that being said, I ask that wherever you're watching or listening to this, please hit subscribe. There's probably also a thumbs up or five star system click on that always appreciated um this this little show of ours is starting to to make some headway and um it's it's becoming a place where uh people are talking about their parenting experiences in in a very unique manner and in a candid manner and we're having some really good conversations so I love where this has come from, and I love where it's going. So please continue to get the word out. You guys are my marketing team. No one no one does it better than you. So with all that being said, here's Steve sounding terrific, and me sounding like I'm talking from the other room. Enjoy. Are you listening? Damn. Uh-huh. Hello, and thanks for tuning in. I am that nerd dad, uh, Joe Williamson, here with special guest Steve Patterson at Patterballs on Twitter. Uh, SteVePatterson.ca, comedian, author, TV, and radio host, whose latest book is Dad Up. Got a little visual there. All oh, right. Nice. Thanks. I know, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't fancy. <laughs> and who's back doing live shows. And I took a little screen grab from your SteVePatterson.ca. Uh, February 19th in Toronto at the Comedy Comedy Bar Danforth. And then it looks like you're doing a little uh, trip of the East Coast there. Yeah, we got a little maritime jaunt. It's Debaters Live. So I travel with two other comics and we do two debates and some stand-up. So that's a fun tour to do. And then we have 
debaters tapings coming up. We got a little bit of everything coming up now. I hope, I hope to God <laughs> that things things are opened up now. Well, and that's what I wanted to start with. Uh, you know, you're a, you're a prolific road comic in a lot of ways. You're always on the road, um, and, and I can't imagine the last two years uh, have been easy on you. Um, being at home, dadding, as it were, uh, but also, what did you do with all that kind of energy, all that stand-up energy that you're carrying around? Yeah, well, I wrote a book um, <laughs> because that's what was in front of me, <laughs> you know. So I, they say, write what you know, and if you don't know anything, write what you're seeing. So I, uh, I wrote that book. Well, watch. Well, well, I shouldn't say watching my girls grow up. I mean, I was actively participating, but the the that's the irony of writing a parenting book when you're supposed to be actively parenting is it's pretty funny to me. If I didn't have my wife. Uh, the being how she is how great a mom she is i would uh i don't know well i don't know if any of us would have made it through right so i know it's a sort of a dad podcast because it's the nerds but shout out to the moms shout Absolutely. out to them the moms they keep the world going for sure and honestly i 100 agree like this is a dad podcast we're gonna talk about parenting my kids are locked in a trunk because I don't want to be bothered while I record this. This is yeah. Fuck that noise. That's not good. That's no. not good. Hope, hopefully, there's not a sensor on them or something. I want to get through this interview. If they leave, I hear a little beep, 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 and I'll have to pause the interview. Uh, oh, that's good. You got the callers yeah. on them. Good, good, yeah. good. That's safe. I'm, I'm a good dad, Steve. <laughs> you keep telling yourself that, Joe. Uh, so, so now that you're back, now that you're back out doing shows, how long have you been? kind of doing shows i know you were in vancouver i think last week right last week yeah yeah we, we haven't been back for long to be honest we had a bit of a false start um i got to do a couple shows last december uh i did a a private show in alberta where either the pandemic hasn't come yet or it never <laughs> did i'm not there is a very strange attitude out there um <laughs> So I did the show, I was happy to do a show, and then I, I literally almost, if I could have been carried off stage like by helicopter to the airport, I would have. That's how little contact I had with people out there. Uh, then I did a show at the, the Center in the Square Theater, beautiful theater in Kitchener, where we, um, you know, it's tough. I wanted, you know, we, we had, I think, 300 people because they would, could only have that. We had however many you could have at, at a really big theater, and they, they closed off part of it. They were really gracious to host us. Uh, I just feel bad that, you know, we weren't allowed to fill it up because I think we could have filled it up. We had a really nice lineup. But anyway, so I got those two shows. Then I was supposed to host Massey Hall for New Year's, which is a gig that everyone would love, every comic loves, you know, and uh, and unfortunately, everything shut down before that. But then they kindly postponed it till New Year's 2022. <laughs> so if I can just live for the next 297 days or whatever it is, then I got a gig at Massey Hall. So I got that. Nice. Forward to. Yeah. <laughs> Something to look forward to at the end of the year. What's the, what's the crowd like? Uh, I, I imagine, look, I, I'll be honest. I haven't been in a grocery store in two years. I have done nothing but like, you know, at home delivery or, or I pick up. Um, I haven't been in a grocery store. I can only imagine sitting next to a total stranger trying to feel mm -hmm. comfortable enough to laugh. Uh, so what's the crowd like? What's the atmosphere been like? I would say that the show, I mean, most recently, you know, last week in Vancouver, we did three tapings. It was, I guess, 50% capacity of a 600 seat theater. So there's about 300 okay. people. Um, and look, as you might imagine, CBC is as cautious as you can be. <laughs> so whatever, whatever local things they have, then CBC 
you know, doubles down. So uh, they sold them, I think, to, to pockets of people. So you would never be sitting directly adjacent to, uh, you know, people that weren't in your household. And they somehow did that with pockets. I think they only okay. sold them in groups, whatever, you know. Um, and everyone was just so happy to be out. Everyone's fully masked all the time, which is not super comfortable, obviously. And when mm. you're laughing, you're sending air out. But uh, the people there, they felt they felt the uh, responsibility to laugh twice as loud, I think. And we oh, nice. honestly, I've done so many shows at that theater, the Centennial Theater in North Van. It was one of the best reactions we've ever had with half the people. They they were laughing <laughs> louder than I've ever heard any crowd laugh through masks. And there were half of them and it was still as loud as any, any crowd I've ever heard. Any problems with anyone, you know, you know, saying, I don't want to wear a mask or like anything, any like that come up? Uh, not that I know of, Joe. I mean, okay. I'm backstage. You know, yeah. I don't. I don't do crowd control anymore. But they, there was a pretty angry-looking older lady in Centennial Theater uh, as with the usher, and I wouldn't have wanted to mess with her. <laughs> so I'm sure they were keeping us pretty, pretty safe. <laughs> what? I'm always curious about your about the comedians pregame. So when you're backstage, what are you? Are you listening to Eminem? Are, are, you, are, you, are you? Like, what are you? What are you doing? What are you doing before I mean, the show to get hyped up? Something upbeat for sure. Not generally Eminem. I, I, for my crowd, I would probably come out a little too aggressively. I think, <laughs> you know, punch an older person in the face or something. I don't want to do that. Um, I, I do. I, you know, it's strange. I like to listen to Canadian music because I'm doing shows in Canada, so I'll listen right. to Arkells or Hip or uh, um, just all the all the Canadian artists I can. Sometimes I just listen to a Canadian playlist that plays, you know, all all Canadian artists on the, the Verge or something. I'm not supposed yep. to promote others. Come on, stupid Steve, don't promote others. Um, but yeah, no, I like to listen to uh, I like to listen to Canadian music, upbeat music, and I'll tell you the the atmosphere of a debaters taping is a different thing again because everyone's kind of huddled together working on on the show. Kind of they don't go over everything. They want to surprise each other on stage, but yeah. They're going, they're going over some answers, seeing who's got the, the bigger hit, you know, and, and uh, it's, it's really, it's like a, it's like a comedy festival in one night, the debaters, because okay. there's so many comics there to do the show. And the, the pre-show is really, really fun. The after show is what's changed a lot um, because you can't really do anything together, you know, after everyone's got to leave the theater as soon as they're done. So, I mean, sometimes being the host, it's, uh, it's like the goalie. It's like the loneliest job. If you finish the show and everyone's gone, you, you just leave the turn theater around. by yourself. Yeah. Turn the lights off when you leave. Yeah. So that, 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 that kind of riffing before the stage, that's where you get your juices going, especially for the debater shows. Yeah. And most standups I know, I guess not surprisingly pace. I mean, if, if I, if, if you, you get a, if you're a standup, put, put your pedometer on, put your watch on before you <laughs> take the stage, see how many steps you can get in. I, like it's, uh, it's insane. I'll walk back behind the stage backdrop. So I'm walking the stage, but people can't see me. And I'll go back and forth, you know, 10 times before it starts. Just, I don't know why it's just a habit I have. And I also drink a copious amount of, of water. I don't know where you thought I was going with that, Joe. Um, <laughs> I drink a lot of water, just, you know, stay hydrated. And then it's a real challenge to get through <laughs> a two-hour a two show at this point in my life. By the end of every show, I have to pee. So just know that, audience. <laughs> know that I, if I'm doing a joke and I made you pee, I probably made myself pee. Too. <laughs> You're not at the uh, depends on stage yet? Not yet, but the yet is the... Yeah, I mean, I, a little spritz might, might help. <laughs> 
I feel like that will be my endorsement that I finally get. You know, Justin Justin Bieber's got Tim Biebs. George Foreman had the Lean Mean Grilling Machine. It'll be Patterson Depends, and it'll just be Depends with a question mark. God, that, <laughs> you just wrote a slow Depends. Hmm? Depends on what? Depends on how good the joke is. That's awesome, man. That's right. uh, look, I, I used to. I, I always ask because I, there was a time in my life where I hit the open mics and I, you know. I used to yawn profusely when I'm nervous, and that was my thing. I it was like when right before I knew I had to get on. When I went when I was next, I, uh, uh, interesting. Um, and then the second that you get on stage, it seems to disappear. All that shit goes away, and I think it's because you have control. You're you're center stage. You've got the mic, and you're ready to let it rip. So um, that's awesome. Do you have anything special in your in your dressing room that you like to keep? <laughs> I'm. I'm probably the lowest maintenance person of any performer. I mean, I know a lot of, a lot of people are pretty like, I, you know, I don't have any dietary restrictions. <laughs> it's not that I'll eat, it's not that I'll eat anything, anything, but I mean, I'll, I can eat pretty much anything. So it's, uh, I've heard some hilarious riders over the years of people that were like vegetarians that needed a veggie tray, no more than 50 meters from them at all times or something. And I'm, <laughs> and I've, gone to performed at those places after those people and they're like you don't all you want is tea and honey and water i'm like yeah yeah that's all i need i'm not uh, crazy i'm not a crazy person so. uh ha have you ever had a debater show go go off the rails where you're like i don't know how we get this thing back on track <laughs> quite a few I, it's hard to pinpoint just one that's you know the they do a great job, I have to say, the the producers and editors on the show of, of packaging it in the, in a one episode of two 15-minute debates because the debates themselves live can go on and on and on. We had Okay, interesting. Er oh, yeah. We had Eric Peterson on in Ottawa <laughs> debating oh, Sean Love Cullen. And Sean Cullen's just a fantastic um, treasure of a comedian. And yep. they were debating whether William Shatner is the best actor in the world. And... <laughs> Eric Peterson, I don't think was fully briefed on the on the format of, because every every firing line question he answered, he answered in Shakespearean soliloquy in the style of William Shatner. So and it never had anything to do with the answer. And it took it took I think it took an hour to tape that debate. It's the only one that when it went to the radio, it had to be the full half hour. There was no way to just get fifteen minutes out of it. And it was it was the end of a long night in Ottawa. Uh, at Center Point Theater, and the crowd, they they were transfixed. I've never seen it before because crowds are usually tired at the end of a long taping, but mm -hmm. they were they were so energized. Uh, that was one. The other one was at Just for Laughs Festival. We've done some shows with international comics who never quite understand what's <laughs> happening, and we had a German comic. I think his name is Michael Mittermeier against a, an Irish comic that I know, Andrew Maxwell. Andrew Maxwell came directly to the matinee taping from a late night party at Just for Laughs. Uh, no idea what was going on. Uh, Michael Mittermeier could barely speak English, had to use all the English he had to do the debate. And so he just did his set. That's all he, like, <laughs> it was no, and, and it was, I, I, the topic was something about the Germans, obviously, but, uh, and Andrew Maxwell goes on and on. He's got the gift of the gaps. That, there was a, a for some reason, a, a chaise long Shay's Lounge, I like to call it, on the stage for another show, and I just lied down on that for a while while they were while they were talking back and forth. And yeah, that one, I don't even know if that aired. I don't know that there was a, a usable. Andrew was 
uh, a thick Irish brogue and pretty drunk. And uh, and Michael Mittermeier was doing his act in in halting English. So fun, audience, I had no idea what the hell was going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, all right. Uh, has uh, has the the last? How has the last two years of of dadding uh, been? You know, brought into your routine. How has it changed your your act? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, I would say completely only because okay. of the perspective that I have now. I mean, I, uh, you know, did most of my stand up and I still do stand up about my dad. I mean, I started out doing stand up with just things my dad had said and he, he would come see the show. And he's like, that's not, that's not funny. There's no joke. I'm like, I know dad, but to other people, it's jokes. Like it's, I know it's just you being you, but, um, the original you know, shit so, my things my dad says or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I should have sold that. Yeah, yeah. Slim, <laughs> slim. Um, so I would do stuff, you know, about growing up like that and growing up the youngest of five Irish sons. And I would do a lot of stuff about news because I'd like to stay current. And I still do. But I just find the news is so depressing now. And uh, especially now with, you know, having young kids. We have a two-year-old. And, you know, our seven-year-old is very worried about everything in the world, as everyone is. The two-year-old doesn't get it, and I don't want to spend the time trying to explain this, why we haven't been able to go anywhere in two years. So so I don't pay attention to the news that much anymore. Uh, and that means I have to do the stand-up again about what's in front of me. And I think that, uh, you know, I, hopefully everyone remembers being a kid. Lots of dads remember being a dad. And, and the other thing I wanted to be conscious of with writing the book was that this shouldn't be, although it's called Dad Up and certainly is mostly for dads, it's really kind of a shout out to moms. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's the, the parenting thing. I, I'm in awe of of everything that moms can do uh, and believe that if it were up to dads, none of us would have made it. I think the world would have ended in around the year four. So um, moms just think of things that dads don't. <laughs> they just, they, they will, my, my wife, is, I have, our kids are similar ages. Mine is, uh, my two boys, six and two. Um, and, uh, and they just think of things, and I'm like, it's fine. She's like, no, he's going to hurt himself <laughs> if you let him play on that. He can run with scissors; he'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know where anything is in our house. I mean, uh, I don't, uh, it gets moved from place to place, and I don't know where it was in the first place. And then when I learn where it was, it's been moved again. So, and the three of them just do it as a joke to me now. They'll they'll take something and hide it. And be like, Daddy, it's right over there, and it's never is. So that they're going to drive me fully crazy. But in the next five years, that'll be the next book. It'll be written from inside an institution somewhere. <laughs> Straight jacket. It was be saying yeah. it into a mic. I'll be dictating it. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, how has the book been received? Like, how has the book been received by your your family and friends? Because obviously, with it being kind of a, a a tribute to, to parenting in a lot of ways and, and moms. Um, and I know that there's a, uh, you know, you talk about your, your challenges with getting pregnant. Um, and it's a, it's a relatable topic that a lot of people 
don't talk about. Um, it's not something that's brought forward a lot, but you made sure to include that. Um, and, and what's that reception been like? That's actually been, I have to say, the most talked about part when people have talked to me and, and there's been a lot of people thanking me, mostly women, uh, thanking me for bringing it up. And uh, again, that was credit to my wife. She's like, we should write about this. And I, I thought I was going to write it about, you know, from the time I became a dad forward. And she said, well, no one talks about this. You should talk about it. See if you can make it funny, but, but be, you know, serious as well. Just talk yeah. about it. So, so I gave it a shot and just kind of described, you know, what we went through. And it's people have really appreciated it. And, uh, and I didn't, you know, once you start talking about it, you just find out how common it is. It's just no one talks about those struggles that they, that they went through. And, you know, look, it's, uh, you know, the dad goes through it with, with the, um, the mom, but uh, it's, I can't, I can't believe that, you know, that women can go through that and and want to go through it all again, which is, you know, what, what Nancy did several times. So I say several times, we have two kids, but um, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I am really glad that I included it. And, uh, and uh, you know, it seems to be people are happy that I included it. I never, I never said this book's going to be, this isn't a how-to book and it's not a laugh every sentence book. It's going to give you some laughs, but it's also going to just cover, uh, you know, how things change, I think. And, and that was part of it. Yeah. And I, and I love it. I, you know, I downloaded it uh, through Amazon. I've, I've been, I've been making my way through the, the e-version and uh, what I, what I enjoy is the fact that it's not a how-to book. It just gives you perspective. And even, even just the, the conversation, uh, my wife and I, we unfortunately had a couple of miscarriages when we first were first trying and mm. you go to so many doctor's appointments and you go to so many, uh, situations where you're trying to figure out what, if anything, is wrong. Yeah. And obviously, the priority at the at initially is making sure your your significant other, your spouse, your partner, is okay. And then it's well, yeah. can we have a family? Are we able to? And then you have to kind of ha you have run through all these thoughts of, you know, are we going to be able to do this at the end of it all? And then to your point, to want to go for it more than once. <laughs> it's not like we got lucky once. Let's hold on to that feeling forever. It's Right. Let's let's put ourselves through hell again. Let's do that again. Yeah, yeah it's it's incredible to me. It's uh, you know, moms are moms are the toughest. And uh, you know, as it turns out, what we really needed was Brent Bud and a whole bunch of pilsners. Um, but that that's that's another story for another chapter. It's in the book. <laughs> Can't wait. Um, uh, one, uh, one more question. I love Brent, but I haven't actually talked to him, but I love the guy. I drove to friggin' Saskatchewan to visit the set. That's how much I love. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. I was, anyways, uh, I digress. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the idea of, uh, it's two daughters you have, correct? Yes. Yeah. Uh, is, ha has, have either of them taken on the role of class clown yet? Are you like, oh, this one's going to model me and be difficult for the teacher? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Scarlett did on on day one uh, of of French preschool, I mean, my my wife's bilingual, uh, you know, and so she we we do wanted to get that. I'm not bilingual somehow. I managed to not let anything sink in for Ontario school French for several years. But um, imagine that. But yeah, <laughs> I know I'm not alone there. Um, but Scarlett showed up to the first day of French preschool, and the you know. The teacher said she's got a bit of a she's got a bit of an attitude <laughs> at the end of the first day, and we said, "What are you talking about?" And she said, "I, I said to her something 
in French, and she responded in complete gibberish. <laughs> and then she said, Scarlett, why are you doing that? And she said, if you're just going to make stuff up, then so am I. <laughs> that was that was day one. So, like, I, she's definitely, she loves making people laugh, and she's got... Um, She's got a quick wit. She's got a tongue that will get her in trouble. She's got a sharp tongue a little bit sometimes, but I, I get proud of things that other parents wouldn't. So it's, uh, you know, I, I just think that it's it's good to engage people and make them laugh. And we're, we're working on not making fun of others that shouldn't be made fun of. Uh, she, and she doesn't, to be honest. She's got uh, way more empathy than I do. And I think Nora, Nora is just going to be, been watching a lot of uh, like crime syndicate shows that powerful women run. And I think that, you know, Nora could do that if she wanted to. She's got a, a real frightening glare and um, she realizes there's no real threat behind anything I threaten her with. Like, if you don't eat, I'm going to do this. So she's she has uh, no fear. She likes laughing, but in more of a maniac, evil sort of way than a, than a happy way. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. She's beautiful. I love her. She's my two-year-old. She's great. She's smart, but she's, she's not going to she fear anything. I don't worry about someone throwing her off in in future life she just she doesn't have she doesn't have the empathy level that, that you know can can make people hesitate a lot of a lot of threats you'll be like i dare you go for it that's right that's right <laughs> try it <laughs> yeah 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 like scarlet will be upset if a boy doesn't sit beside her and nora will be like i didn't even know there was a boy there <laughs> this is my bench now i'm the captain now uh, uh, Steve Patterson at Patterballs. That's really the only social that you have is Twitter, right? I, I could, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, like, there's also like, a, I think the guy who works for NBC with your same name and that must piss you right off. <laughs> there's NBC. There's a, there's a guy like a Texas football coach, I think, or basketball. There's quite a few Steve Pattersons, but there's no other Patterballs. So I, uh, Patterballs it is. Yeah. That, uh, my wife set up an Instagram for me, but I mean, I'm on between the amount of time I'm writing, working on stuff and looking at Twitter. If I add it into the mix, why don't I go through photo albums of strangers? Uh, it w I would have no time to do anything else. So uh, yeah, that explains why you're not on the TikTok. That's I hate true. TikTok. That's I hate TikTok. I love TikTok, <laughs> but I hate TikTok. <laughs> I, have, I have friends that are on it and that's about my attention span, but I have not delved into it. Yeah. If you want to be a creator for for TikTok, you basically have to post like four times a day. Who the hell's got time for that shit? Uh, apparently millions of people. <laughs> everyone's chasing their 15 minutes of fame their own way, right? That's all they're doing. I guess uh, so. I guess so, yeah. I'll leave that to the other people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're going to work hard in your office there. It's beautiful. Oh, thanks. Man. Beautiful. Uh, love it. Play some State? of that later. Oh yeah, nice. Huh. <laughs> is that, does that help you get the creative juices going sometimes? It does. It does. I wrote. Uh, I'm working on like a new track. I'm really happy with right now. I I write it. I'm not good enough to play it live, but then I've got a buddy who's really great arranger. So I'll come into him with a half harebrained idea and he'll turn it into something really good but it's uh i do find it relaxing to just uh play that or play records this is my office that's not at my house it's about three yeah. minutes from my house but it's three minutes and a world of difference joe i believe it i believe it <laughs> uh i'm gonna get you out of there uh steve patterson thank you so much i greatly appreciate it hey thanks for having me that was that went by super quick that's a sign of oh. uh fun always does i'll throw the book up there again it's dad up available uh, anywhere you want to get your books they're, they're there that's right yeah go and please go to a local store if you can 
get the independence. I was going to say, I was, gonna, I was about to say on cpatterson.ca, you can get a little inscription on it if you want to get you it through the website. Yeah, we're happy to do it that way too. But I also do support the local bookstores as well. So wherever you get it, just get it. Go to the library if you don't want to pay for it. That's fine. Steal it from there. <laughs> that's right. Take it. <laughs> share it with others. That's, I get a lot of people being like, I got your book at the library and I don't have the heart to tell them. That doesn't really do anything for me, <laughs> but uh, good for you. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Joe. That's it. It's the show. Told you I wasn't lying. That was a lot of fun. Steve's the best. Uh, such a good guy. Uh, very busy individual as well. So I greatly appreciate him taking some time to uh, shoot the shit with me. Because that's what it felt like. It felt like two friends shooting the shit. Oh man, did I just didn't assume our friendship formed? That's awkward. I hope he doesn't listen to this part of the interview. He probably doesn't listen to his own interviews anymore. Um... But it was a lot of fun, and I think you should check it out. And if you weren't a Steve Patterson fan before, you probably are now. Um, been following that guy for a very long time. In fact, off camera, uh, which is such a douchey thing to say. Uh, but uh, I was talking to him before we started recording. Uh, There's a show of his in 2014 that I loved uh, called I Wrecked My House. And it was like one of those renovation shows. But he would go to people who had done home renovations and ultimately, like, destroyed their house. Uh, that was a lot of fun. So we talked about that beforehand, off camera. Uh, but just a super great guy. I think that's enough of me gushing over him. I'm kind of fanboying a little bit over that interview. So uh, what do I want to do next? I want to thank DeanBlundell.com. DeanBlundell.com, home of Canada's number one podcast network. Where there's uh, a bunch of podcasts. Dean's is like the anchor, though. So you can get his Monday to Friday, three-ish. YouTube, Twitch, Twitter. Uh, it's a good show. It's a very good show. And he is super confrontational right now. He's in a mood. So he is burning shit to the ground. It's fun to watch. Uh, next week, we got Julie Burton. No, next week is Amber Mack. The week after that is Julie Burton, and we'll see if I get some other people lined up. But uh, right now, I'm three weeks out with my interviews. It's really good. Things are happening. I want to thank my fans in Slovenia. They continue to kick ass. I don't know if someone's using a VPN, but if you are, bless you. Looks like I'm huge international. That's it. That's the show. Be well. Be safe. Your ad here. Thanks for listening. Damn. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. 
Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice in the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.